0: Welcome to Star News here with Kevin Clark. I am Kevin Clark. Yes, sir. Two big guests. Eli Manning on the Kelsey's on Super Bowl. Mahomes, really good insight. I loved it. He's been on now three times. He brings it every single time. Legitimately one of the funniest people in media from a player perspective. I love him. And then Danny Kelly joins to talk Senior Bowl, where he is. Early Super Bowl preview and, this is why we had him on, Dad Movies. Tons of dad movies, dad books, dad TV shows. We hit it. Here's Eli. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can
1: be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil,
0: Eli Manning, one of our favorite people. He's here with Quaker. What's
2: going on, Eli? Hey, how are you doing? Excited to be on. Thanks for having me. Uh,
0: I am so excited. There's a lot to get to. Um, I want to start here. You're going to get asked ad nauseum about playing in the NFL with a brother on another team because of the Kelsey brothers. Um, And I want to start here. You played against Peyton three times in the regular season. Was there any... Gamesmanship heading into it, with there any head games? Did he start those head games in the off season? Like, what was it like to know you were going against your brother when he knew you? You knew him. You could, in theory, pass things along to the defense. What was that like, Eli?
2: Well, you had to watch out. I remember, you know, the off season, uh, Peyton was up in New York doing something, and and uh, we kind of got together, had a couple of my teammates, and we're all hanging out, and I kind of see Peyton over there talking. With Dave Deal or left tackle, and I'm like, oh, what, what's going on here? And, and Dave, <laughs> like Peyton's kind of ask, asking about our protection rules and and different things. Like, how are we gonna pick up a, a Mike Sam blitz? And Dave's like, tell. I'm like, Dave, don't tell. Like he he is a sponge. Like anything you say, he's remembering. He will use it. To his advantage like this is you got to be careful like there's no talking don't no talking football with him those years that we that we play against each other so it'll, you know it's uh it'll be such a cool moment uh with the Kelsey brothers and I remember like the moment for me that was still sticks out is just sitting there national anthem playing and looking across and you see your big brother and kind of sharing that moment that you're there you know, imagine doing that on a Super Bowl and during a Super Bowl is going to be pretty special for those guys. How did
0: you deal with the parents? Did you tell them anything um, and just say, hey, we, we, you know, we want you for both of us. We want you to, don't want you to root at all. Don't wear gear. Like, how do you manage uh, parents in that spot?
2: <laughs> I think let let them figure out, you know, figure yeah. that out. I think the parents, you know, the fact that bo- you know both Peyton and I played offense, both these of course. two guys play on offense. You you just root for a very high scoring yes. offensive game where it's back and forth, and you know that for your you know for your kids just to make the plays when they're given the opportunities and. Um, You know, I think it, it will be a little bit different. You know, when Peyton and I played, for the most part, it was early in the season, yeah. Where you know, there's still a game the next week, and you still have a chance to make playoffs, and you're still like, it's not the end of the world, and it's not the last game of the season. I mean, this is a Super Bowl. I think it'd be hard to truly, you know, be so excited for your one kid because they win the championship and win a Super Bowl. Yet your other kid is just like miserable, having you know, lost the Super Bowl. It's not easy.
0: When I was I was in the tunnel after the Harbaugh Super Bowl, and the one thing I noticed was the parents went straight to the losing locker room. Yeah, you know because and it was interesting to me because it's like obviously the winner is getting you know the Ravens are all celebrating and all that stuff, and the parents and the family and Tom Crean straight to the Niners locker room because that's where they needed to be.
2: Yeah, obviously you feel for the the for your your kids when they go through tough yeah. times and tough moments more than you want to celebrate them for yeah. for their accomplishments. So that make, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Let's put you in the town square of every NFL city. Is Philly the place you would get booed the most? Is it is it Boston? Is it Dallas? I mean, what where where are we on that, Eli?
2: I think it's. Uh, it, yeah, I, I think it's probably a mix between uh Philly and and Boston. I don't think either one likes me, likes me too much. Uh it was funny. Uh, you know, years ago I was kind of on, on the field pre-game for Walter Payton Man of the Year. I just I'd won the award and uh the year before, so I was kind of the last one to be called there, recognizing everyone who had won. And that year it was uh the Eagles playing the patriots in the super bowl and like so they cheered like every single person you know that gets called out they just cheer because that matter i'm the last one and it was just like double booing from both sides (laughs) i'm like this is like a charity like you're doing good in the community i'm getting booed for for both these teams so you know i think it's pretty uh pretty funny i feel like with with the eagles it's kind of like a a fun loving uh, hatred and, and everything going on and it was able, you know, went to the game, uh, the playoff yep. game the other week and definitely, you know, brought my 11 year old daughter. She definitely saw some new hand signals and some <laughs> new, has a few new vocabulary words, uh, to her arsenal. But, uh, you know, but so, and I think the Patriots obviously, you know, won a couple of Super Bowls against their team and beat them, but they have, they had six other ones. They got plenty of Super Bowls. I think they're, they're over it.
0: They're fine. Yeah. They're, they're going to make it. They, they They had some good times. Um, when you watch Patrick Mahomes, is there something that in his play you think we don't talk about enough? I mean, obviously, it's it's pretty hard to say anything is overlooked in this in this media environment and the way that he's been discussed and the way he's been at the highest level. But for someone like me, where I never played the position, I don't understand it. When you watch him, you think what?
2: I just think you know this his ability to to make some of these throws when he's off balance, his feet aren't set. He's he's running one way, he's throwing the other way. And it just doesn't get him in trouble. He doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, these are, like, I'd look at a throw. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a risky throw. And it's like completion, like perfect pass. And I thought with the injury, that would slow down and he would miss. Like, he'd still try to do some of those, but he would miss it. And that might lead to some turnovers or some bad throws. But every time... He had, like, one of those crazy off-balance throws. Like, he made it during the game. The throws he missed were actually what I call like easier throws. There was a clean pocket. Mm-hmm. Like he's stepping into it, and you're and he misses something. and you're like, well, that's what what happened there? That's, like, not like him. You never see him just missing a guy, but I guess he had time to think about it or you think about how you're on that step. When you're just on the run, he's just being an athlete. You're not, you know, thinking about that ankle. He was able to make all those throws still.
0: Early prediction for this game?
2: Hey you know I I don't know if it's just because of the, the the rivalry between Giants and Eagles it's just hard for me to to pick the Eagles to win it I, you know, <laughs> uh have such res- respect for Patrick Mahomes for Andy Reid for Steve Spagnola all the, on the mm-hmm. Chiefs I think th- I think Philadelphia is playing unbelievable football I think they've they've dominated through the playoffs and the regular season uh, definitely deserve to be there I think it'll be a tight game I just think the Chiefs have been in this scenario before. Um, they've won championships. I know the Eagles have. They don't have as many people in kind of the uh, main core positions that have been in the Super Bowl. So I think uh, you know the Chiefs have a little advantage.
0: We'll get you out of here on this before we get to what we're doing with Quaker uh, Manning cast this year. You had Obama. You had a, had a lot of big names. Do you get? Nervous? I mean, you've never done media, you know, until you retired, and now you're a media mogul. What prep do you go through to interview? Like, what what is this process like for you, Eli? Just learning how to do media on the fly.
2: Yeah, no, I don't get nervous. It was definitely a little bit different. I've I've uh, answered a lot of questions, dealing in yes. New York and doing interviews. I'm much better at answering the questions than asking the question and and by coming up with a good question. And so, you know, try to do a lot of prep in that and just, you know, making sure I understand, you know, some good questions and stuff that can lead to funny answers or or answers that aren't too long because I don't want to ask. And all of a sudden there, you know, there's exciting plays going on and some guys giving a long, you know, boring answer to something. So just try to, you know, uh, find out all that and, and have a game plan for that yet still, watch a football game and be able to analyze what's going on. So there, there was a lot going on. I think the fact that there is a football game to kind of distract the fans, uh, makes me, you know, you know gives me some, gives me a little help.
0: <laughs> is who are we getting on next year that you haven't had on? Who's your number one bucket list guy?
2: You know that last year it was a, it was a president to get a former president. Yep, that's so, pretty good. I think, I think we can stay in that mold. I think there's some more, some more former presidents that would be good. But also, sure. I'm, a huge, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. So, oh, I mean, no. uh, you know, Jerry Seinfeld or, yes. da- or Larry David would, would be pretty awesome as well. Larry David's a Jets fan, I believe. There you go. If the Jets so. make it to a Monday night game, then, you know, we might have our guy.
0: Larry David. All right, we're, I'm looking at the camera right now. Larry David, 2023 Manning cast. We have to make it happen. We have Let's to go. make it happen. Let's go. Let's get you out of here. What are you doing with Quaker?
2: Yeah, so I'm excited to partner with Quaker and to uh, invite fans to share how they pre-grain before the big game for a chance to attend next year's Super Bowl in Las Vegas. So to enter the contest, fans can go over to TikTok and follow at Quaker, and they can upload their own pre-grain video sharing how they prepare with Quaker Oats. And so you can upload uh, starting today, ending February 12th, which is Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, use the caption hashtag Quaker pre-grain hashtag entry. So make a fun video with Quaker Oats, post it up, and you got a chance to go to the Super Bowl next year. Are you on TikTok, Eli? I am not on TikTok, but I have shot a lot of videos for TikTok. But I'm not, you know, following and keeping up with everything. I know what's going on. You know, my kids keep me updated on on things that are happening. But uh, it was fun shooting some of these uh, kind of fun videos. Uh, for Quaker on TikTok that have, uh, that my kids are enjoying.
0: My colleague, Lindsay Jones, we just recorded, she was telling me that Joe Burrow is the king of TikTok. Like, he's not on it, but like all the videos, all the NFL videos, it's just Joe Burrow looking cool in the tunnel, all that stuff. Like, that's a, that's a pretty good corner to have.
2: I know it is. That's That's the goal is to like be the king of something that you're not even using and don't even know anything about it.
0: That that is the goal. Just log off and someone tells you one day that you're the king. Eli Manning, thank you so much. We love having you on this show. We'll see you soon, buddy.
2: All right. Thanks so much. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't the road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's.
0: All right, Danny Kelly's here. We're doing football. He's in Mobile, Alabama. What's going on in Mobile?
1: Senior Bowl time, baby! It's the official start of the draft season, I think. And so, uh, yeah, just down here checking out some of the best seniors in the in the class.
0: Official start of the draft season is when I see a guy playing on the SEC network on a Tuesday. Happens every year and text you in Solak to get him on your radar. You don't listen to me. And then he's a seal <laughs> of the draft. It's only happened. We're in the double digits now.
1: Every year. Every year.
0: Every was year. Yours um, last year? I can't even. I'm trying to remember. Avante Taylor. Yeah. Dog. Like Avante <laughs> Taylor, right? He's got that Alante dog in Taylor. him. Yeah. I confused him with Avante Maddox. Um, was also a, a draft crush of mine. All right. Listen. Uh, I love Mobile. It's one of my favorite places. Um, do, you gotta, do you have a bar?
1: I mean, Vietz is the place that everybody goes. Yeah. There's a place. uh, Shoot. What's the name of it? Uh, Dumbwaiter. There's a restaurant that I went to last time I was here. I haven't actually been here for the last couple of years because of the pandemic. But Dumbwaiter. Good restaurant. Good steaks.
0: My, My advice to younger journalists who go to the Combine, to go to the Senior Bowl, don't actually drink. The drinking is for the, like, the GMs <laughs> and stuff. Well, no, you got to have some stamina here. And the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the mistake I always see is 25-year-old beat reporters, and they're maxing out because they see <laughs> X, I'm not going to name any names, they see X, Y, and Z drinking at the bar, and they're saying, oh, I should do that to fit in. No, you should be nursing an Amstel Light. You should, I should look at your Amstel Light, and I should see a quarter drunk by 3 a.m. That's how I you know. have stamina. Cause you gotta, you get, then you go up to the gym and you're like, hey, man, what's, what's going on? Let me, you know, let's connect. Let's link and build at 3 a.m. And then that's how you build relationships.
1: Yeah. All I right. like that. Also, getting up early is easier when you're not getting completely wasted at night. Uh, we had to pick up our credentials by eight o'clock today. So that was, uh... yeah.
0: Cause they have a scout mindset. <laughs> they have a scouts mindset. Not, They're we're grinding on the grind right now.
1: Yeah. They are exactly. grinding.
0: Um, all right. I love the senior bowl. I love mobile. I spent a lot of time there. Uh, I'm not there uh, in yeah. part. So because you say. I had, I, well, I'm in a basement of my house. Uh, <laughs> this is, we're going to do, we're going to do football here, but w- I want to do some dad stuff. And the most dad thing happened, which is our plumber found an additional problem. And Uh-oh. now he's working upstairs next to the office I normally record from. So now I'm in my basement and it's total <laughs> chaos down here. And there's like things the just thrown, thrown all over the place. There's some, some rock here, some stone, no, no got big shovels deal. behind got you some there. shovels back here. This is very rustic. Yeah. Yeah. This um, is very so dad. Like I I'm, I'm enjoying it. We've only been in this house for a month and a half, two months, something like that. But the, the basement is, is dadded out at this point. I'm going <laughs> to, and also I would say that this is the most it. dad thing of all time is I have vague plans to turn this into some sort of office that would never happen though. That's yeah, the most yeah. dad part of it. Is it will never actually happen? <laughs> is you know what it would look like, but it's never actually going to happen. Um, right. All right, let's start here. Uh, early Super Bowl preview. When you thought about these two teams playing, you first thought what, Danny?
1: Two of the best teams in the NFL, honestly. And I think it's just it's a shame that both of the quarterbacks are hurt or somewhat hurt because I think this is like one of the most ideal matchups that you could come up with just based on how the season went, the two teams stylistically. Um, so to me, it was just uh, this feels like it's been inevitable throughout the whole year. These have been the, basically the two best teams in the NFL all year. And uh, two great quarterbacks, two black quarterbacks for the first time ever, which is really mm-hmm. cool to see. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the storylines are great. Like, obviously, it, it's a bummer. Like I said, that both Jalen Hurts and, and Patrick Mahomes are nursing injuries that could affect their performance. But mm-hmm. um, overall, just
0: awesome matchup. We'll talk about. Howie Roseman here for a second because you and I both admire the team building aspect of it. And the more I think about him flipping the 2017 team into the 22, 2022 team. And it's interesting. There were three, there were three players in the team who played for Andy Reid, So there's some longevity, but a lot of it is he looked at, at his mistakes and he figured it out and it was barely a mistake. They won the Super Bowl. I mean, like let's, let's not, but there got to be some team building problems two or three years ago. They had their, they took their medicine that one year. I mean, I remember when I called him about the Andrew Barry piece I did, and I mentioned, you know, I, Andrew Barry thinks Howie Roseman's the best GM in football, and I mentioned that to Howie, and he kind of laughed and was like, did you watch this last season? And, like, that's where it was <laughs> just last year, last summer. And, obviously, yeah, yeah. They, they, they made the playoffs last year, but they progressed very quickly. Um, but what has impressed you about about his, his GMing work? Because – I, I kind of think when I see a a a build on the fly like this, a rebuild on the fly like this, I think so much about these GMs who say we need five years, we need six years. Like I've I've always been of the mind that an actual build should there be, should be proof of concept by the end of year two, unless you're completely in, unless something crazy happened and, and the previous GM traded away all the picks or, or signed the worst quarterback in the world or do some, some huge extension, which by the way, the Eagles did and they recovered from it. Um, but what has impressed you about, about how we, how we the decision maker.
1: I mean, I think the holistic approach to like building a roster, I think is the the first thing that comes to mind. Obviously like the trade for AJ Brown has turned out incredible signing Hassan Reddick in free agency, Um, some of the, you know, the way that they've mixed free agent pickups, like really targeted Mm -hmm. smart free agent pickups with trades. And then of course doing what they're doing in the draft, not every, you know, GMs are not going to hit on every pick. Like that's just not going to happen. But over time you see that he is finding guys that can contribute, um, and and make a big impact on the team. And so, um, you know, I think that's the big, important, that's the big, like really impressive thing that first comes to mind. But then of course, obviously the Jalen hurts decision to draft Jalen Hurts in the second round, even though you have Carson Wentz on the roster. I think I remember at the time, you know, there was Eagles fans and and people in the media who thought it was just like wasting a second round pick on a guy because he's never going to play. It's just going to create problems in your locker room. And, you know, time has definitely like, sh- like played out well for them in terms of how it's all turned out. Obviously Carson Wentz is kind of falling apart. And then you have Jalen Hurts, who looks like one of the best young leaders an incredible player who completely changes the way that you can run your offense. So there was some panning of the QB factory idea, but I think it's really panned out well for them in terms of like how, how, you know, why it makes sense to do it that way and, and why it makes sense to make that pick.
0: A couple of years ago, I was talking to Jeffrey Lurie about exactly what you're talking about, the QB factory thing. And he said that they didn't even call, maybe he was making this up. Maybe he wasn't, but he he said that, with regards to Foles, is they don't even call them backup quarterbacks. They call them the second quarterback because they just understand not only over the course of the season are you going to need a backup, which they have this year, but like things change very quickly at the quarterback position, very, very, very quickly. We got into this a little bit with the Jordan Love pick, which is everybody loves the concept of best player available, until somebody actually does it, and they go, whoa, 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 whoa not like that. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. No, do best player available. Well, that is the best player available. Oh, oh, okay, and then they just don't like it. And then it's like the next year. It's like, we got to fill those holes. We got draft for need, baby. Yeah. Um, so I just think that when GMs are actual value hunters, uh, people don't like it. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say that half the time
1: that you do find that quote unquote value, it doesn't look like value at the time. You know what I mean? Like no. I think a lot of people thought that was a wasted pick, but obviously now it's one of the most valuable picks any team has made in the last like five years, 10 years. Um You get a starting quarterback in the second round. In addition to what they got for trading Carson Wentz, you know what I mean? Like this has been the part of the whole process that sometimes on the face, it doesn't look like the best value, but it turns out to be. Um And I think like you mentioned, the, the second quarterback thing has never been more true than it has this year. Like, I think I saw the stat there was like 68 or 65 different starting quarterbacks this year, which is an all time record. There was like, you know, the, the freaking 49ers were on their fifth, fourth quarterback by the time that came ended the other week. So, um, you know, b- backup quarterbacks, I don't think it's going to be like that every year It's just a little bit of variance this year, but like backup quarterbacks are very important, um, especially, you know, in an era where if a guy hits his head on the ground during a game and goes into the mm-hmm. concussion protocol, you're going to need a guy that come in and play. And so, the paradigm has shifted in the NFL on, you know, in terms of like how many quarterbacks you should have available, how many quarterbacks you, you're having ready to go. Um, Because like that can, that that is completely just changes the way that you have to like manage the game, especially at the quarterback position. So, you know, I, I think he was ahead of the game on that. That's not necessarily why he picked Hurts, but like now having that, that depth, that quarterback is so key.
0: Yeah. But understanding that is why you pick Hurts, understanding yeah. That Like the philosophy, which is that you always need to be taking care of the quarterback position. Like I yeah. remember – I mean you think about college and how many programs now. The portal has changed everything, but how many programs – I remember I, I had a roommate who was a Georgia fan, and he was like, you know, Mark Rick takes a quarterback every single year. And I'd always be like, whoa, because I'm from Florida where it's like, ah, we'll just find <laughs> some guy. We'll just find – we'll make the tight end a quarterback. It's fine. Um, And so I, it, it, it's knowing – about the quarterback position and i would say that everybody who works for howie and i would also say that bill polian has tried to understand this as well it's just like the quarterback position needs to be settled all the time and you right. need to be thinking about it all the time and you can't Get complacent. You can't get complacent, um, and really only the the Bills and the Chiefs and the Bengals can. But even they need insurance policies. Chad Henne comes in and runs Sprint right option once a year, right. and it's the biggest right. biggest play and <laughs> the biggest play of the season. So yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's 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 a, a good team building lesson, I would say. You know, one
1: of the most famous and and funny quotes that I know that you've quoted before is like the Peyton Manning coach. I can't remember who said it. it was basically we don't it practice. Was, uh,
0: Tom Moore yeah
1: and and i unearthed
0: it so i i let me say that you unearthed it and it was repeated it was repeated on the ringer about 75 classic classic kevin clark (laughs) is i just said i unearthed it when i am not the person that he said it to i just read it in a book (laughs) let me back up here it was in a ron jaworski book and a couple of and and so like 2013 2014 a couple people on twitter had had mentioned it and then I put it in a column like 2019, 2018, something like that around then. It was actually around the Derek Carr injury because I don't know if you remember this, Jack Del Rio so they put in Connor Cook and then they asked Jack Del Rio a couple months later like what would you learn about this season and he said don't lose your starting quarterback and I actually kind of went nuts i'm like what kind of leader of men is this and we found out about jack del rio a couple <laughs> within a few right. years about what kind of right. leader he was or, or wasn't but um i i just found that to be so defeatist and terrible that whole thing but anyway the tom moore quote it was that ron jaworski and john gruden uh were at a practice and they were giving all the team reps to Pate manning and somebody right, said right. To, and either gruden or jaws said to 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 tom moore why don't you why don't you give any reps to, I guess it was Jim Sorgi and Tom Moore said, because back, <laughs> if we play the backup quarterback, we're fucked and we don't practice fucked.
1: So, <laughs> uh, but I think what I, what I was going to say to that is essentially teams do practice fucked now, you know what I mean? And they prepare to it. They prepare for it because losing your quarterback, um, you know, and no longer, at least for sections of the season, not necessarily the whole season, you know, teams can get by now. I think that it, it's changed like the way that teams run offense I mean, if you're running the Paint Manning offense and you try to go to backup, that's maybe a little bit different, but like the way that teams have simplified some things for their quarterbacks, the way that teams have implemented like the run game, quarterback run game into things like you can survive now a little bit more, I think than you used to be able to with a backup quarterback. And that, that paradigm has shifted, I think. And um, I want to say something like 11 starting quarterbacks, like made it all the way through the season this year. Like it was just so, so many injuries in, in such
0: like weird circumstances that, Again, teams do have to practice. Fucked now. Having said that, the Eagles started on Sunday with the same twenty-two they started on Week yeah. One. So well, there I mean, you go. they did
1: they well, but that's true. But they also did survive a couple of games
0: without Jalen Hurts. Of course, so. I, it was a journey. It was a journey. But yeah. I'm just saying they're getting they're, they're healthy at the right time, and they're getting Absolutely. Patrick Mahomes, who is at least somewhat hobbled. I mean, he
1: looks yeah, he looks better, but it's high ankle sprains are not to be trifled with.
0: I saw Jim. Negi, uh, the, the head of the Senior Bowl today, said this is the first time they don't have a first round quarterback in Mobile. Yeah. Um, Setson Bennett also said no in order to hang out in go Dallas. Get, go go hang out and get rested for a twenty six year old. He's just a kid. He's just a kid. He's just a kid.
2: I saw someone
0: young. Yeah, I saw someone. I think it was. Uh, I think it was Emory Hunt. Just be like, do you know how inebriated do you have to be? <laughs> <laughs> to Gallaston for that. <laughs> like, yeah, know, it's been a while since I've walked like it, around.
1: More than when he was on Good Morning America or whatever the famous interview was.
0: Yeah. Is it, yes, was he more that was drunk Good than Good Morning that? America? Yeah. I think he <laughs> might have been. Um, yeah. It's been a while since I've wandered the streets at, at two and three in the morning. So, I, as I said, <laughs> except for Mobile. um yeah. But again, at Mobile, I'm not, I'm not fine. But it's been like cops, you know. They look the other way in bar districts. You'd think. Yeah. You would think. I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, but not with Stetson, not with big Stets. Um so <laughs> take me through who were the best players at the senior bowl. What should we be watching?
1: Yeah, like you said, the quarterback I think class is, you know, it's mostly mid rounders. There's there's a couple of guys that probably could move up to maybe like a day two pick depending on how the league sees Max Duggan from TCU.
0: I was going to say Max Duggan. But I really want to say something really quickly. I saw in the press conference today that they kept asking Max Duggan about the disaster of a national championship game. Yeah, he handled it well. I I was there. I I, I saw some of the quotes. I think that we need to reshape that conversation. He got to the national championship game. He got his ass kicked there. But everybody... Like, 95 programs would get their ass handed to them by that yeah. Georgia team. And no like, one
1: expected this team to get there either. Yeah. You know? So
0: we don't have to, like, act like they made some huge, like, completely, like, program <laughs> like ruining <failure>. disaster. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is this is awful. It was, yeah. I, I think it's really weird, the conversation coming out of TCU, because they got their ass kicked.
1: I mean, someone, it, we, when he went up to the podium out and Heifetz and I were like, who's going to ask him about... Like how, how long were you, were you uh, like pissing up blood? Like how, how long yeah. did the bruises? Like it's like these, <laughs> some of these questions are just did so brutal. Ask? Did no, he didn't. no, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, he handled it well. Um, but there's like, obviously with um, Hendon Hooker is not practicing. He's going to be here to like, you know, take part in the week, but he's, yeah. I think, got a chance to Medicals. be the first quarterback taken um, of this group. Of the there's group. An yeah, interesting one. I was like, wait
0: a second. Whoa, 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 of wait a this second. group,
1: of this group. He, he I think he could be a second rounder. Um there's this guy, uh Tyson Badgen from Shepherd, who I'm very interested to watch. Like his tape, hard to come by. I, I've seen him a couple games, but um he has 158 career passing touchdowns at the at D2 level. Um his dad is a former champion arm wrestler, so that's really fun. Um and so he, he's going to be an interesting one to watch. I I don't know a ton about him, um, but yeah, I think he he's going to be like the guy to kind of like keep an eye on this year. Other than that, you know, there, I, I was looking at my big board, Osiris Torrance guard from Florida. I think he's going to be a potential first rounder. Um, Luke Musgrave tight end out of Oregon state is, is getting some hype now. Apparently he could run in like the high four, fours. He's six, six. He's kind of like a Mike is guy who can block a little bit more. Um, And then defensive lineman Ke- Keon White from Georgia Tech, I think, has a chance to go in the first round. He's he's probably going to get a lot of buzz this week and, and move up a lot of draft boards. He's like six six, you know, two eighty something. He can rush off the edge. He can go on, on the inside. He's got kind of like the DeForest Buckner frame. And so he, I think, is going to be a really interesting one. So those those would be like the top, I, th- I think, like potential
0: first rounders in this group. I went to an arm wrestling contest when I was like nine years old. It was kind of an accident. In Orlando at Disney, (laughs) they didn't have an ESPN zone, much to my chagrin. They had like the ESPN Cafe, which was a scaled down version. And I went one time, as I was, as it was my thing, when I was nine. And uh, there was an arm wrestling championship going on, probably broadcast on ESPN. And then I remember vividly, because it was before. So I guess, yeah, it was right after the 96 Olympics. um, Kurt Angle was there. But I don't know why. I don't know why he was, like, he won the gold medal, and everybody was like, hey, look, it's Kurt Angle. But he hadn't yet made his WWE debut. So yeah. I saw kind of in-between era Kurt Angle just randomly standing at an arm wrestling competition. Uh, this guy, Tyson
1: Badgett's dad, says he's self-proclaimed on the Mount Rushmore of arm wrestling. So I don't know much about arm wrestling, if I'm being honest, but
0: I yeah, watched the I video feel like, of him. I feel like you can just sort of say that. <laughs> I gonna, there's like, not a lot yeah. of fact checking in the arm wrestling community exactly um, all right let's do dad stuff so yeah. how old is your little one are you comfortable saying your little one's name calvin yeah he's okay he's some, three, people, are di- three some people are different about privacy no whatever no yeah, problem. Yeah. we're not going to show our face we're not going to show yeah. teddy's face online we're just going to show like <laughs> little we've got uh, so so a couple of teams uh, that i support sent teddy gear and I don't no, really know awesome. how to take the photo where his head is not in. We're going to
1: put the emoji over his face. I
0: feel like that's tacky. <laughs> I think like that's tacky.
1: I mean, that's it is. You're right. Yeah.
0: So we're going to sort it but, out. We're going to workshop it. And by, <laughs> better than by March, it. I'm not going to blur it. I'm just going to have do the, him, like a blackout
1: over the eyes. You know, like he's like in the special forces like, or something. <laughs>
0: yeah, very cool. Um, all right. So Teddy is three weeks a lot of things to consider. Number 1, parenting is not easy. Easier than I thought. Easier than I thought. Oh, this is Easier the than best I thought. Take. Yeah. I I thought there'd be more unexplained crying, but the <laughs> baby just tells you what's wrong and then you just yeah. see the ball and hit the ball. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but so you're like, you're he, having
1: he, success he, getting the baby to stop crying. Like Teddy, you can soothe Teddy. Sometimes yeah, people don't. He's have either that hungry ability.
0: or he's pooped himself, and I solved <laughs> that problem, and he's fine. I thought I thought it was going to be a little more chaotic. Oh, uh, that's funny. Maybe um, we we discussed this offline, and I you said to me correctly that if I was too flippant about how easy parenting is, I would get death threats.
1: <laughs> also, you're gonna jinx yourself. Like, do don't don't get too comfortable because I would say the one thing you learn about parenthood is as soon as you think you have something figured out. Then curveballs come. And then it's like heart like some weird stuff happens. You can't figure out what's going on with the baby. You know, he's he's crying for no reason. You're you're asking for it,
0: pal. That's not actually what I want to get to. Uh we want to do dad pieces of content. So you and I are aficionados of a very specific type of content. And I would say that we were into this before our child. Yeah. But boy, afterwards. <laughs> it really ramps up. I'm talking like Masters of the Air, those sort of World War II books, World War I, mm-hmm. any sort of thing. And Jason Concepcion and I did a piece a couple of years ago about dad movies and the classics. We're talking Ford versus Ferrari, Master and Commander, just a classic of the genre. People kind of know it when they see it. So I wanted to get your top three um, dad pieces of content. Right now, recently, whatever, um, we and we can, we can trade places. Go ahead, number one.
1: So this is one that we've talked about, but I wanted to bring it up. I'm not done yet. I'm like halfway through the first season, but Rogue Heroes.
0: Okay, that was my number one. Chris Ryan, not a dad, suggested that to us. Yes. It, it is created so by, by the man who created Peaky Blinder, Stephen Knight. And then I saw the other day, this is going to resonate with you. Stephen Knight's next project is a, is a drama, a major drama set in England in the 80s against the backdrop of the emerging ska scene. Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. That's going to be great.
1: I even said to you, we were were texting about Rogue Heroes, and I was like, it's basically like if Peaky Blinders
0: was was set in World War War II,
1: and I did not know it was the same guy that created both shows, and you were like, oh, my God, it actually is Peaky Blinders. Uh, set in World is, War ii with like I mean, a, you know same, North Africa. It's the campaign. same
0: general characters, right? <laughs> they just, I mean, like they're, based they're on people but like heroes, if you will. But yeah. if you if you were to just draw a line between the Peaky Blinders characters and the rogue heroes, so just so everybody knows, it's about a rambunctious off the books battalion in Northern Africa at the beginning of World War Two. Winston Churchill is involved. Randolph Churchill is involved. Um, you know, va- it, it's the perfect mix of, we're going to just root this in history, but also tell you just an absolutely crazy story and make one guy clearly be Arthur Shelby from Blinders. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's the same. It's it. the same. Um, so we, we, it's, it gets, I would say it gets our highest ad recommendation at this point. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. Since you took mine, um, I'm going to, I'm going to do you one better. And I, this is a big one. The a big okay. call because you might throw it back in my face. All Quiet on the Western Front, the new one.
1: Yes. Okay. So I went, when back, Jason... and read, okay. I went back and read your article. There's going to be some picking of nits here, I think. Yeah,
0: I agree because <laughs> I said, because Jason and I decided that uh, Saving Private Ryan was mm-hmm. not a dad movie. I, mean, I assume this is what you're referencing because it's yeah. too violent. Yeah. This movie is way too violent it's actually not as violent as saving private ryan but like it's just like uh, kind of un- same same
1: style yeah
0: unobscured just guys getting rolled over by a tank oh, that was yeah we didn't love that um but as i've hardened in life i do think the dads can get through it the only thing i can say is that like baby and like my wife doesn't like that stuff at all and so it wasn't like a let's gather around and watch things she loved rogue heroes but i think all quite unless you Friend is a borderline dad thing it almost gets de- uh, disqualified because it's it is very very violent it's also very serious and there's no real i mean like dads in general i pointed this out in the article they want to identify with something mm-hmm. they want to be able to be like oh i'm ulysses S. grant that's me that's me. I'm useless. Here's what I would do. Yeah. And yeah. And in that one, uh, there's just not like, I guess you could be like, I'm Daniel Bruhl. I'm trying to end war. But even that. A little I haven't seen it. Who I haven't you seen it, but for? isn't it
1: set from the German point of view too? So yeah, that would complicate things as an American dad.
0: Uh, I, I'd say. It's <laughs> like maybe okay, not so like, quite what dads, they... <laughs> dads gen, in general. Dads have like five like political philosophical beliefs. Like, <laughs> don't like be consistently, don't be the Germans in, war the Germans in any war. In any war, is one of them. All every right. other political thing is all over the spectrum, and that one is usually pretty consistent. But I'm throwing in there because I, I really do think it's quite good.
1: I like that. I, I need to see that. What's your next one? All right, so I'm I haven't watched many dad movies, so I'm sticking with another show which is Slow Horses, Uh, Apple Plus. It's an amazing show. Gary Oldman. Dads love Gary Oldman. It's about the current state of MI5, MI6, and then it has some flashbacks. I know that you don't like the flashbacks when it comes to dad movies, but it has some flashbacks to the Cold War. And basically, you know, Gary Oldman is like the leader of this misfit gang of guys guys and girls that have gotten kicked out of like the top level of MI6 and are now sort of like, Sequestered away in this is slough house and they don't really get to do anything, but you know, they're still, you know, making things, shaking things up and, um, you know, settling old scores. It's really good. Gary Oldman is like the most disgusting human being imaginable in the show. Like it literally opens up with him just farting himself awake. Um, so just great, great dad stuff. Um, it's like the weird bastard child of Tinker Taylor soldier spy mm. where. You know instead of him being George Smiley, who's like buttoned up and and like really yeah, of course, you know whatever um Gary Oldman plays like he's really cunning and smart and savvy, which I love and which dads are gonna love. he's the most competent you know guy, but he's also absolutely disgusting from like a personal hygiene point of view, and it's it just gets worse as the as as the season goes on i i I just finished season two it's amazing,
0: okay, so the streaming stuff has made dad movies. A, more accessible, but B, harder to find, harder to discuss, and point being, so I was on Apple TV the other day scrolling through, because I'm just scrolling through, that's all I do now, is I just (laughs) scroll through uh, streaming services in between changing my child, and it's like Tom Hanks' Greyhound, I just forgot I saw it. You know, like I remember, he's on a boat, and I'm like, "Did I see it? Did I imagine I saw it? Yeah." War and then II, like another I... one like that. So I actually quite like this movie. Um, I don't recommend it as, as highly as the other ones, but like, uh, are you familiar with the Paramount Plus movie Devotion? Uh, I'm a, I've seen the preview for it. I've not watched the movie yet, though. Okay, so it's it's Glenn Powell. Um, it is Jonathan Majors, and they're Korean War pilots, and I really. Mm-hmm. I, I've read a lot about the Korean War because David Halberstam wrote that, that really incredible book, really great dad book. Um, again, no heroes in the Korean War. So right. tough one. And no heroes really in David Halberstam books to begin with, unless it's the baseball ones. And even that's touching. Yeah. Um, but devotion. And so you find these movies and you're just like, what is, what is this? And you just have to use context clues like Glenn Powell and Jonathan Majors are not going to do something like low budget. Um, I <laughs> right. will say this. And I'm sure people maybe have discovered this before. The channels that come with Amazon Fire Stick and then my TV, my Samsung TV, have you, have you familiarized yourself with these?
1: Like this, the channels that you can subscribe through through Amazon?
0: No, 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 no. Like there's a live TV option that just gives oh. you really cheap channels.
1: <laughs> yeah, I sort of played around with this, but it's like too overwhelming. There's too many of them.
0: It's un. It, it, it it's not good. It's not good by any means, but it is so <laughs> funny. There's an entire channel devoted to the show. It's just It is what the channel is called. It's not called something else. It is called Beyond Belief Factor Fiction, and it's just episodes of Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, but that's funny. That's like Tom that what Gear has a Trek channel. Guy? That's Bay with Watch. the Star Trek guy, right? Yeah, Baywatch has one. I'm sure there's a Star Trek channel, but it's like the worst episodes of Star Trek because they needed to license it. Uh, <laughs> ACC Digital Network is on there, and it's just replays of old ACC games. Really amazing. <laughs> there's a, uh, I think I want to make sure I'm right here. I think there's a Gunsmoke channel. Oh, just amazing. O- over and over again, Gunsmoke, yeah. a little bonanza. Um, so that's, that's, that's where, where, where we're at with that. Um, got anything else? I got one more.
1: Um, as long as we're on the World War Two thing, I just thought of one HBO, HBO documentary. I think it's called The Cold Blue. I'm going to double check that. But it's basically okay. let me double check the name here. Yeah. The Cold Blue. It's it's essentially Part of a, is
0: not really knowing.
1: The title. <laughs> yeah, right. I Googled it. It's there. Um, it was. It's basically a bunch of footage from World War Two that a director or whoever took during that time. He was in he was up writing in um, the B-25s in on their raids, like he would like him and his crew were in the, the bombers um, during these raids. And I I believe some of them did not survive because obviously the, the, you know, survival rate in in those raids um, was really not good. Uh, Maybe it wasn't the B-25. It it was, um, what are the other ones? Um, B-17 is what they were writing in. And um, some of the footage is like the most insanely clear, crisp, like high quality it's like hd footage from world war ii up in these bombers and it's like it's really chilling and you know like i don't know what the word is it's it's just like really crazy to see it in that crystal clear of footage like what these guys were going through in world war ii um in in these flying fortresses and so that's another one i think if you can handle sort of how sad it is because obviously a lot of these guys did not make it back um just the footage of that is really cool so if you want to be, like, taken back in time to the World War II era, you know, um, I think that's one that's worth watching.
0: couple things. Number one is when I did dad movies with Sean Fantasy and Amanda Dobbins during the pandemic, like March 2020, I think, actually, um, they asked me what dad movie, what dad IP I'd like to see made in. And I mentioned that they're actually doing it, and it was the Elvis movie which oh, is yeah. a borderline dad movie and but it was actually there's a, a peter girlneck uh book a uh, two-part book by elvis about elvis that is unbelievably good um it's the first one is about his rise the second is about what what you could describe as his fall mm-hmm. but there is a mini series coming and i already mentioned the name earlier um but it is the most dad thing of all time. It's masters of the air, which is an incredible book by Donald oh, yes. about the planes that you're describing mm-hmm. and the other planes. And they're putting it on an Apple TV. The budget was $250 million, which is just outrageous. Wow. Um, wow. Some of the actors are, it stars, or, it stars wow. Austin Butler from Elvis. Oh yes. And uh, this is like, there's
1: a really good cast here that this is going to be interesting. Yeah,
0: I know. So is this stuff
1: from the American side, yes. Yeah, like, and the British okay, side. gotcha.
0: And the okay. British side. Tom Hanks is your producer. Steven Spielberg is your producer. There we go. This is okay. the sequel to Band of Brothers in the Pacific.
1: Oh, that's cool. Okay, this Are is you the, this is the most dad thing.
0: I'm going to take I'm going to take leave. I'm going to take parental leave to watch this. <laughs> yeah, and outsource my baby to somebody yeah. else. My neighbors can check him out. Um, all right. Last thing. Have you discovered the lullabies on Spotify that are just rock songs?
1: <laughs> no, I have not. That sounds amazing, though.
0: Just I, my guess is if you like any sort of popular rock song or or pop song, you can just put lullaby and then the song in yeah. to the Spotify search and you can have a great time. You can have that a, great, is incredible. a great time. I was listening to the Pixies earlier today with Teddy uh just the lullaby version Pearl Jam has a great one and what you start to realize is like how good some of them like these songs are just from a writing standpoint yes. where it's just like yes. um Emily actually my wife was was playing earlier today she was playing uh Weezer and it was like my name is Jonas and Satan so and you're just like damn these songs are like <laughs> Mozart bro yeah <laughs> dude Cuomo uh, stuff's Mozart in a locker <laughs> I love Eddie that any better just just absolutely posterized that's what you learn when you listen to these things. So maybe Calvin will like it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we used to go on to Disney plus and they had like lullabies that they made into little like movie video things. And that was like how we'd get Calvin wound down for the evening and go to bed. The other thing I was going to mention, the piece of content I need to mention, and you'd probably don't need this because you're such a pro at, at soothing Teddy and he doesn't cry more than he needs to. But if you have a baby out there, that you cannot get to stop crying or you just like want to calm them down when they're freaking out the song misty mountains from the hobbit soundtrack is like this magical tool that, that gets a baby to like snap out of his, his, his or her, you know, crying rage. And it worked like a charm with Calvin. I mentioned it on the, um, on the fantasy pod a couple of times. And I've had so many people either email or tweet at me saying that it worked like magic with their baby. I wouldn't say it's 100%. a hundred percent. few people have said it didn't work, but the amount of people that said this song, this particular song is like the cure for crying is pretty incredible. So I want to share that, get that out there. You should give it a try on Teddy. Um, it's basically like low guttural, like humming almost. And I think the babies like hear that. And it's like, Whoa, this is good. What is this? And so, um, yeah, that's like for soothing a baby. It's amazing.
0: Dana Kelly, mobile awaits. Yeah. When I was driving from Los Angeles to St. Augustine during the pandemic, I stopped in Mobile and I was like, em, "I'm going to show," because it was right on the way. And the classic, the classic Los Angeles to St. Augustine, Florida drive we all totally. know and love. Totally. Uh, Mobile, right in there, and I was like, em, "I'm going to show you my haunts." They were all like social distance, so they were packed, and you couldn't get a table. And it was Friday night, and it was a different time. You know, Alabama maybe had a different attitude towards COVID than Los Angeles right. did, and so that we were. Supp- that was the first time we'd kind of seen that because um, it was, what, June 2020, July 2020, something like that. And um, I ended up at the subway in Mobile eating. Because yes. nobody else had there. a table. <laughs> nobody else had a table. So we just housed a meatball sub, and that was the last time I was in Mobile.
1: Uh, I was going to so. bring up the fact that one time I was here in Mobile, and oh, you just showed this. up. You just well, showed no. up to, like, like, in the hotel lobby without telling me. And you're
0: just like, oh, hey. <laughs> no, that, I'm going to tell the story because it's actually significantly funnier than that. And you you, you were significantly butchered funnier it. than that. Oh, okay. Which is that it was after the Saints, Rams, NFC championship game. And I wasn't flying out until Tuesday for some reason. I think it was really expensive to fly out on Monday. And so I was like, I have a full day. I'm just going to drive to Mobile and just sit in the lobby and just see a couple GMs, shake a few hands, just say hi. Because I'm a big believer in... Seeing people and not wanting something from them. Right. So, yeah, like, just saying hi. You go, yeah. yeah. And so you go up to a GM, just like, hey, how the kids? Good. You do like the NBA coach, like, uh, hand, like thumbs up, you know, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like, how you doing? The wave, you know what I'm talking about? Like the Greg Popovich <laughs> totally, yeah. wave, wave and thumbs up. And you just do that. So, I'm like, I'm just going to go plant some seeds in Mobile. I'll go over there. And so I didn't know you were there. And so then I ran into Derek Classen while I was doing. My seed planting. And then I just got a text from you that just said, You sandbagging son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah.
1: I <laughs> He and told me out. that you were here. And I was like, What the hell, man? Didn't he yeah. even call me. Yeah. What a jerk.
0: That's me, bro. I move, well, that was I move great. in that silence. Was fun. I move in silence.
1: <laughs> like lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right, brother. Get to Mobile. All right. We love All right, you. So Thanks I'm for good. coming on Sunday. How do you feel <laughs> about you. Uh, following up Eli Manning?
1: oh i mean it fits perfectly
0: yeah I, I mean we may put you in front of Eli manning I and mean, who's more i mean who's more notable today
1: <laughs> that's amazing All he's right. the other one I, I heard you referencing a secret guest i didn't know who it was gonna be
0: uh it was you oh okay no cool. with, with guests who might cancel i n- i don't name them until they're in the seat
1: yeah yeah that's you
0: fair. never know you never know Eli, right. love it see you buddy see ya.